Nearly one out of every 100 people living in nearby Lamb County died of COVID-19. It's one of the highest death rates in the nation. We're talking with a Time Magazine journalist who spent time in the county to find out why it was hit so hard. This is Listen in Lubbock. For Texas Tech Public Media, this is Listen in Lubbock. I'm your host, Sarah Self Walbrick. Rural Lamb County had one of the highest COVID-19 death rates in the country. That's the subject of a recent Time Magazine article that looked at how the virus pummeled a vulnerable community. Alejandro de la Garza is a journalist who spent a lot of time in Lamb County trying to figure out what happened. He joins us today to talk through his reporting. Thanks for coming on the show, Alejandro. Pleasure to be here. This seems like a story where the data led you to the location. Is that correct? How did Lamb County first get on your radar? Yeah, it it did. So I got interested in this story actually back in December of 2020. I saw a map that showed county level death rates across the U.S. and they were, you know, graded in shades from yellow to red. And there were a couple of these counties that there were deep, dark, maroon red, the highest death rate counties. And I got interested in this idea of going to one particular county and just telling the story of that place. I felt like the story of COVID in in the U.S., I mean, it's such a massive topic to cover. and, And you end up with these stories that jump from hospital to hospital and town to town and person to person. And I got this idea where I really wanted to focus on what happened to just one very particular place that was especially hard hit and sort of work backwards from there to figure out what happened and how it affected people. And then later on, this idea of how people were recovering from the pandemic and how the effects of the pandemic were being carried into the future. So that came a little later. Lamb County, Texas, at that time, back in December of 2020, was number two on the list. Number one was, I think, Hancock County, Georgia. I was trying to decide of where where exactly I wanted to focus in particular, And I have roots in Texas. My father's side of the family is from Texas. They're from San Antonio. But I had never been to the Panhandle and that part of the state. So you have some roots in Texas, but this was your first time being in our part of the state. What were some of your first impressions of Lamb County? It was a real culture shock. I mean, I think I got this feeling of, you know, you're not in Kansas anymore, except You basically are in Kansas. I mean, it's the Texas panhandle. But for me, being in Kansas is uh, being in Brooklyn, New York. I was first off floored by the landscape. I had never seen anything so flat in my entire life. I mean, once I got into the towns and started, you know, looking around at the buildings and I got a sort of profound melancholy feeling wandering around these places where it was clear that people had invested so much and built these hardy, thriving communities. And then you're seeing these small town centers and main streets with all the shops boarded up, literally ghost towns or or almost entirely ghost towns. There's maybe a couple shops still there. And, And I think that it's easy for people writing from the coasts or in the areas that I've spent most of my life to talk about the hollowing out of rural America. It's different to actually go there and and see because the evidence is right there of what 
these places used to be like and what's there now. I've had that exact melancholic experience in some of these small towns in our area as well. I lived in Lamb County, specifically Amherst, for a decade of my life. You can actually see my grandparents who live in Littlefield in one of the photos featured in your story. So this article really, literally hit close to home for me. Lamb County has just under 13,000 residents. Give us an overview of their pandemic experience. You started hearing a lot about the pandemic on the news around you know, mid-March 2020. That's when case numbers were really exploding in cities like Los Angeles and New York. The virus started spiking in those areas and you had nationwide shutdowns and, and pandemic protocols across the country, including in, in Lamb and, and in Texas. But in those places, there had been very little viral spread up to that point. They had a two-week shutdown, I believe, and then opened back up. And at the same time as the virus numbers and the death counts started falling in places like New York, where media attention is concentrated, it was actually spiking in that summer of 2020 in places like Lamb County. It was trickling in. Cases were starting to tick up through that spring. And then all of a sudden in June, July, August of 2020, that's when you started having really high death rates. Deaths fell for a little bit. And then around December 2020 to January 2021, you had another big spike. So after I came to Lamb County the first time in February of 2021, they had just gotten over one of those other big spikes of death. Then there was another lull and then a few more spikes of deaths through uh, the summer of 2021. We'll break down what exactly happened in this rural Texas county after a short break. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to Listen in Lubbock. I'm your host, Sarah Self-Walbrick. Rural communities across the country were uniquely affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Nearby Lamb County's experience was recently chronicled in Time magazine. Alejandro de la Garza is the journalist who reported this important piece. We're talking through what he learned. Alejandro, you visited Lamb County because it had one of the highest COVID-19 death rates in the country. You found several factors that contributed to that. One reason is misinformation and beliefs in conspiracy theories. Tell us about that. Misinformation played a role, but to a large extent, even if people in Lamb County had perfect information, even if everyone were taking as serious precautions as they could, which many, many people in that county were, you still may have had a really high death rate. And there's no way to basically be able to determine that. Misinformation, though, definitely did not help in the case of Lamb County. Early in the pandemic, you had some people were taking the virus seriously before there were vaccines, trying to social distance when possible. And especially, I mean, and most importantly, to stay out of contact with people who had contracted the virus or who had been exposed to the virus. But what was particularly dangerous, as, as I saw, was people who had been led to believe by politicians, by news, that the virus was basically a, it was the flu and was the line that a lot of people were hearing. And, and you don't think about people dying from the flu, though, of course, a lot of people do actually die from the flu. But people believed that and then acted as if that were true. So 
I heard from multiple people stories around relatives or friends who had been exposed to the virus or who had been exposed and then had symptoms. And then they would go out in public, attend church services, attend funerals. Then other people would get sick. And so that kind of thing definitely had a role in the viral spread in Lamb County. And then the misinformation around vaccines also likely played a part following the uh, rollout of those vaccines in January. I'm interested to hear more about the people you met while you were here reporting. Some were skeptical of the virus, even though their neighbors were dying from it. Tell us about them and their perspective. So I, I came in knowing that Lamb County had a very high death rate just based on the numbers that had been reported from local hospitals to the CDC. There was sort of this strange thing sometimes where I would talk to people and I'd say, well, what has your pandemic experience been like? I mean, how bad has the pandemic been in, in Lamb County? And they would tell me, oh, it hasn't been that bad. You know, it's been been all right. We had some people die and we got through it. And now now it's fine. And I think that's sort of the line for a lot of people. And I spoke to one woman who her aunt had died from the virus, and she not only believed that it had not been bad in the county or in the area, but she believed that the somehow, despite having a family member who died from it, still believed that the virus wasn't even particularly dangerous. And I think as humans, we're all susceptible to this kind of cognitive bias. I mean, you have a framework of the way that you understand the world, and that's shaped by what you see on TV and what people around you think, and you form this belief. And then that can be relatively strong in the face of direct evidence that in the absence of that sort of programming, in the absence of the belief system that's formed around this virus, you would just, your relative, your aunt would die from something. And if you hadn't been told 20 times that the virus wasn't a big deal, you might think it's a big deal just based on that. You also met others who saw the severity of the situation, like people who work in the funeral business. What was their pandemic experience like? That was really kind of incredible what these people went through. I mean, I spoke to multiple funeral home workers in Olton and Littlefield, and they were all telling me about working truly incredible hours, you know, working 18 hours a days for weeks and weeks on end and being totally, totally burned out because they were seeing, you know, two, three, four times as many deaths as normal. And all those bodies have to go somewhere and the relatives want and need to grieve. And in many cases, people, especially when I visited Lamb County earlier in the pandemic, would tell me that they weren't able to have a funeral service in person and that that had really affected their grieving process, that they felt sort of a lack of closure because they hadn't been able to gather as a family and, and you know, lay their loved one to rest. So the experience of those people, I mean, hesitate to use the term, but but I think in many cases, what, what they told me was that they often felt gaslighted by some of the people that they interacted with because here they were dealing with body after body after body, but everything that they would see on the news and neighbors and family members would tell them, not all, but what a lot of them would say was that, oh, well, the virus isn't a big deal, you know, it's fine. Despite the people who are dealing with the industry where that death is concentrated, like, no, it's, it's they're seeing the bodies right there and it's not a normal number of bodies, it's, it's four times more. Another aspect of this is access to healthcare, which can be a challenge in rural communities. How did that factor into things? In Lamb County, there there is a hospital in Littlefield, and fortunately, the Lubbock healthcare aren't too far away. So I think that people were generally able to get ICU beds in Lamb County. But 
across rural America, it's definitely been a challenge with rural hospitals closing sort of population falls and hospitals are unable to sustain themselves and they close. And so you hear a lot about people in other rural communities where they had to travel really far to get care. Much of the problem in Lamb County, the fact that the population is older and there's a lot of pre-existing health conditions there. So there's a lot of diabetes, there's a lot of obesity, there's a lot of breathing issues or lung problems that people have. All those can exacerbate your susceptibility to COVID-19. Also, just the fact that the population is older in general, where you have old people and a big surge of the virus, you're going to have a lot of deaths. The towns in Lamb County are small and tight-knit. How has losing these neighbors affected these communities? What holes have those lost left behind? That was kind of a primary focus of my piece is, is what I wanted to look into is not only what happened here, but how has it affected these small towns? What happens? Why is it different when 100 people die in Brooklyn or something versus what happens when 100 people die in a tiny town where people have grown up and known each other for decades. So it was surprising and and differed depending on the person. There were some people who had died and were very old. There were other people who sort of were more isolated or spent time sort of at the margins of the local towns. And those people, you know, their families were grieving after they died, but they didn't necessarily sort of affect the whole town. And then there and then there were people who were sort of in the nucleus of these communities. And one person in particular who whose name just kept coming up was Chris Jones in Olton. And he was the barber in the town. The town's population had fallen. And there's a, a few sort of big town personalities who organized a lot of the sort of civic pride events. Chris Jones was sort of at the at the center of that, along, you know, with probably 15 or 20 other individuals. He ran this barbershop in town and everyone knew his personality. They knew what his truck sounded like. They knew the way he laughed and he had a lot of friends and spent time with lots of different families all around town and would go on vacation with them and have, you know, Christmas dinners with them and stuff. And so when he died, that people said was a real blow to the community because in some ways the town had been doing better before the pandemic, but in in other ways, you know, it was still in a sort of long trajectory of decline. And this was just one more person, you know, who had been sort of at the center of maintaining that civic pride and maintaining that sense of community and togetherness who just got taken away. And I think that's something that people who knew him all around town still talk about is sort of the sense of absence. But it's not the same for them. And it's not it's not something that can be easily replaced. It's time for another break. We'll continue this conversation about Lamb County's pandemic experience shortly. Welcome back to Listen in Lubbock. I'm your host, Sarah Self Walbrick. Lamb County was recently featured in Time Magazine for having one of the worst COVID-19 death rates in the country. Reporter Alejandro de la Garza found a community decimated by the virus and learned about rural America in the process. Let's continue our conversation, Alejandro. You first visited Lamb County in the winter of the first year of the pandemic. The situation around here was bleak as hospitals were filling up and resources were spread thin. Tell us about that first trip. 
So as I mentioned before, there had been a big wave of deaths first in the summer of 2020, and then a second one around December or January of 2020 to 2021. And so I arrived at the end of February 2021. And so that big wave of deaths had just sort of crested. And a lot of people were in sort of recovery mode. I mean, the funeral home workers who I was talking to had just gotten off a month or two of really insane levels of work. And and for a lot of people whose relatives had died, those were still fresh. There was a sense at that time, I think, that people thought that the worst was behind them. And, and to some extent, it was. The vaccines were coming out and people weren't dying in huge numbers in Lamb County then. But then, as it turned out later, there were a few other kind of waves of death through that summer that followed. And so it actually wasn't behind them. But but I think people had a feeling that, well, that was bad, but at least it's over. But, you know, of course it wasn't over. You then came back to report on how the county was recuperating. What did you find? I came back this past summer and there hadn't been another big wave of death for, I think, around eight months at that point. So I think that that was much more of a feeling of recovery mode in these counties. People were having outdoor celebrations again, gathering in in big groups, and there wasn't as much tension, I think, between people who had taken the virus seriously during the height of the pandemic and people who had sort of willfully denied its seriousness. That was sort of fading a little bit because the people weren't dying so much anymore. But there was still sort of what seemed to me kind of like pockets of the pandemic that sort of would linger on. And, and what I mean by that is that largest extent of people didn't know anyone who had died or hadn't been that close to them. And to them, if it was a neighbor or someone sort of in their broader social sphere, they would say, well, the pandemic was bad, but we're through it. And thank God that's over. But when you talk to people who were really close to those people who died, spouses, children, parents, the pandemic wasn't over for them because when those people died, that was sort of the first blow. That was the beginning. And then they have to live every day after that. They wake up and that person is still dead. So for them, the effects of the pandemic almost started back in 2020, 2021, and they're still living it every day. Some people haven't been able to move their spouse's possessions that were in their in their house or have barely been able to put their lives back together and, and are really struggling to move on. And understandably so. The pandemic is hopefully to a large extent behind Lamb County and behind the U.S. at this point, at least in the sense that people are still going to die from COVID-19, but we're moving into the sort of endemic phase. But the effects of the pandemic and the places where it's really hit home for people, I mean, that is going to continue for months and years and maybe forever. One of the things I love most about your article is how well it captures the reality of rural America. These are towns with aging populations, few people, and at this point, few opportunities to reverse that. Tell us specifically about what you found in Littlefield, which is the county seat in Lamb County. It was, I think, as I mentioned before, a real shock for me to see the evidence of that decline firsthand. I mean, you had some newer businesses and especially, you know, chain restaurants, McDonald's and stuff by the highway. And then there's a few restaurants and other businesses that are open. But you go into the downtown that was clearly at one point the sort of jewel of this town and of the county. You have the courthouse and and the administrative buildings at the end of Main Street. But then you walk along Main Street and almost every single building is boarded up and been abandoned for years or some of them in some cases decades. It's hard not 
to feel a sense of tragedy around these places. And I, I got a lot of different feedback from people who lived in communities like this or who lived in Lamb County after the piece came out. And some of them told me that they thought I had really captured what these places were like in, in writing about that sort of broader feeling. And, and I think some people were ticked off a little bit. And I understand where they're coming from, because I think no one wants to feel like a victim. And I think it offended people's pride. And I think that I might feel that same way if someone came into the place where I grew up and said, gosh, isn't this sad? But it, that doesn't change the reality of, of what's happened here. These are places where there used to be water in the aquifer and money to be made farming. And a lot of people did quite well and you know, lifted themselves and their families into a prosperous life back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And then that dried up. The water in the aquifer literally dried up. The investment required for farming, the tractor sizes, the sort of loans from banks, all of it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And people moved off the land or were unable to turn a profit and farms consolidated. And some people, I'm sure, are still doing well in Lamb County. And people told me there's wealthy individuals in Lamb County. But to a large extent, the sort of promise of these places, the benefit that they held out once upon a time as, as sort of you could come here and work hard and it would be a ticket to the American middle class is just not true anymore. People are grasping at what they can. And, and a lot of folks are sort of eking it out these days. How do you think community dynamics impacted Lamb County's pandemic experience? Well, I think that it's different when someone dies or when people get sick in a place like Lamb County and Olton and Littlefield and Amherst versus in our big suburbs or big cities, because I think that the social connections between people in these smaller communities seem to go deeper to some extent and are fostered over time. And there's also more of a culture, I think, of community aid, of people helping each other. And that's sort of something that people told me had been just a part of the DNA of these places since people started moving here decades ago. I was told about when people got sick, their neighbors would bring over food, would bring over whatever they could. And when people died, I think that it affected people around town in their immediate geographic area in a often in a much more profound way than in a city where those who knew that person would be affected, but the connections between neighbors and your local barber and that sort of thing aren't necessarily an integral part of your life where people move around more. And, and those people who are fixtures in your life tend to come more in and out. Alejandro, is there a specific story or experience from your time reporting around here that will stick with you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of it that has stuck with me and I think will be with me for the rest of my life. There's one story in particular that actually didn't get into the article that I think was one of the most affecting stories from the pandemic or stories ever that I'd heard. It was a, a woman who lived outside Littlefield or, or on the edge of Littlefield and her daughter had died in the summer of 2020. And then a couple weeks later, her husband died as well. And she had lived with both of them and she was left essentially all alone. She still had one son who lived in a trailer on her property, but her life was totally oriented around caring for these two people and cooking them breakfasts and dinners. And her daughter and her, her husband were her life. And all of a sudden she was completely alone. And that, she told me, was the hardest thing that she's ever gone through and I think continues to be. Somehow, she also was able to survive that and she had this incredible sense of grit. Almost, it seems, out of pure stubbornness, she wasn't going to let this stop her. She said she wanted to die a few times, but she 
kept going anyway and, and started showing up to her church services and trying to make more connections. And, and she had a message that she wanted to send to people who were in similar positions, which is that it does get better, though it will never be the same. I found that incredibly impacting. And, and she was a really interesting person to talk to and, and she had observed the changes around Littlefield for a long time. And I think that I'll never forget talking to her. Alejandro de la Garza is a reporter with Time Magazine who recently profiled nearby Lamb County's COVID-19 experience. It's an incredible piece that gives insight into rural communities. And I say that as someone who spent a decade of life in this exact county. Thank you again for your work, Alejandro. I'll link to the story in the web version of today's show. You can find that in more local programming at ttupublicmedia.org. Until next time, thanks for listening in.